Well, 10 years ago, Sebastian Vettel equaled a record of nine consecutive race wins for Red Bull. 10 years later, Super Super Max has done just the same. And as you might have figured, this is a review of the Dutch Grand Prix. Welcome to episode 321 of Grid Talk, where today we are here to discuss the 2023 Dutch Grand Prix. My name is Tom Downey, and joining me, we have Warren Short from the Paddock Pals podcast. Hello. And we also have Charlie White, who is your friendly bro- neighbourhood broadcaster. His words. Hi, everyone. I like to try uh, and be friendly. <laughs> have, as, as I said before, have a Canadian with you, mate. Um, just before we get into this episode, we must thank our sponsor for today, Bet Online. So, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A B, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, so, gentlemen, now that that's admin is out of the way, let's get into the 2023 D- Dutch Grand Prix. So, I've got to be honest, I was expecting a pretty boring race, as anybody listened to the preview or listened to quality, um, the quality show from yesterday would have heard, will know that I was a little bit sceptical about it. Obviously, Max is in imperious form, and Zandvoort, whilst it's quite a fun, entertaining-looking track, I thought it would be very hard to overtake. But not today! You know, you know the, um, the the weather gods had something to say, and the weather gods threw down their first Uno reverse card, which affected Williams, Warren. So after a sensational Saturday for both drivers, aside from Logan and putting in the ball, you know, and then Logan said, "You know, that's so good, I'm gonna do it twice." Um, so obviously, your uh, you know you, uh, you know your home driver, if you like, sadly not classified as he DNF'd on. Uh, I kind of remember what lap, I think it was lap 14. 14. It was indeed having next to me. And Alex Albon um, went for some inspired uh, um, strategy. As we know, he's the tyre west for a 2.0. Didn't quite work out for him today. Ultimately finished eighth. Do you think Williams had a bit of a, do you think it's a bit of a lost cause for them or, or a bit of a missed opportunity today? Maybe a missed opportunity for... Well, definitely a missed opportunity for Logan, I will say. Um, but first, Albon, I think a little bit of missed opportunity for potentially getting more points. But I still say anytime Williams gets points right now, still, that's that that's a great day for them. When that, when they're knocking off points and they're, I'd say they're the favorite to get seventh in the constructors going the rest of the way. When they get points, it's a good, it's a good day for them. I think. Like they kind of had a tough start, both of them. Logan really had a shocking start. He, he, he got he was down six places real fast in the first couple of corners there. It was tough because like you said, I am an American. I would like to see Logan succeed. I would like to see him on the grid for next year. Was very excited. He got to Q3 yesterday. He was the last driver of the year to get there. He made it. And then he made a mistake with that fine line between the dry and the wet line, which, which you would probably expect a rookie driver on a difficult track like Zanvoort to make. So, you know what? That's fine. And then today, he does it again, which is a little disappointing. Again, it felt like this weekend was, hey, he's going to take about three steps forward, but takes about five steps back, like positives at the beginning. And then at the end, you know, you're walking off with the sour taste in his mouth. He's hanging in the chair on turn eight for about, I don't know, two hours before someone finally took him back to the pit road out there. But uh, for Williams, I think, again, anytime they get points, it's a good race. And Albon, 
like it was amazing that he was able to get the soft tires going for so long. They said the soft tires from originally planned was about 10 laps longer. And then even sticking through the softs through the first stint of rain, when everybody was going to the inters, he, he still added, he was the last guy to make a first pit stop. Um, so Im- impressive drive for him, even though it was a better strategy potentially could have been in the fight for fourth, fifth, sixth. who knows. But uh, I, again, anytime they get points, a quality day. Yeah, absolutely. Bear in mind, Brad Williams were in, say, 2019, you know, 2020, mm-hmm. 2018. This is a tremendous leap forward for them. Um, unfortunately, Logan leapt into the barriers, so you know he didn't quite get the memo. But he, I, th- I think he will come good. Obviously, he doesn't have contact next year, but um, you know he's 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 settling into F1 mentally, I think. So, yeah. uh, Charlie. Um, Non-classified and P5 Ferrari. Oh, man. Um, right, okay. Charles Leclerc DNF'd on lap 41 after damaging his front wing, and then he ended up with terminal floor damage, and he was dropping like a stone. Um, you know, he'd have been better off in a house, you know, and better mind how much they dropped like a stone. Carlos Sainz, P5, had some very, very good battles with Pierre Gasly, um, quite a few going into turn one. You know, was definitely getting his elbows out. Um, where do we begin with Ferrari? Uh, you know, what what can we say about them? Really, today was I thought it was it was a tale of two different Ferraris. Signs had a decent race, ended up in fifth, ten points, and like you said, uh, he had some good battles. He fended off Hamilton repeatedly on a couple of uh, uh, manu- uh, manu- maneuvers that he tried to pull. Um, I thought Sainz had a great race. And then you go flip over, even excluding the damage to uh, Charles's, uh, I think it was the front wing that ultimately knocked him out. <laughs> he, he, he rolled into the pit lane again and they're like, where, where are my tires? Yeah, we, we need the inters. And they, the, sky, the, the sky broadcast cut to it and there's just nothing. And it's like, oh, by the way, here they come. Do, 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 and then they walk around and then they start strapping them on. Like... <laughs> You really can't get much of a polar opposite of of a performance for a team that has had you know ups and downs and not to not to beat a dead horse, but like it was quintessential Ferrari. There was some really good moments, and then there was just oh my god, like this is this is not good. <laughs> nice choice of words there, beat a dead horse. You know that horse is not prancing anymore. Um, that horse is. So I'm not going to say that. Um, but just, I thought better that one, just, just in case. Um, so, uh, Warren, um, another Ferrari power team, must be something in the air. Uh, Joe Grandu ultimately not classified as he slid out on lap 62 when the torrential rain came down. Uh, you know, could argue had been ha- had been having quite a good race beforehand, was up in the points on the mediums, and the mediums definitely were not a decent tyre. And then Valtteri Bottas hit the lofty heights of P15 in the end, um, having started P18, which means he still technically lost a place given there were three non-classified runners. Um, Alfa Romeo, I mean, what what can we say about them? They're, they're sort of just, are they stuck in a limbo phase? No, are they, you know, are, are, are they just biding their time? We say every week, are they biding their time until the Audi money comes in? You know, uh, what What does their race from today or their weekend, or what, let's focus on the race, what does that tell us about this team? 
I don't, um, I don't really know. It showed some early promise though. After the first uh, kind of strategy calls, they got it right. You could say they got the first strategy call right. They had Joe up there in third place when, and the rain came and the in the crossover period there, they got him into the third again. But they, okay, let me rephrase it. They got half of the strategy call right. They brought him in at the right time, but then they put the wrong tires on him, like you said, in the mediums. And then he just kind of, he got, he got some good running towards the front of the grid. But then after that, look, I, I really have a hard time faulting him, I guess, for going off where he did. Everybody was going off in turn one when it was a torrential rain and he was on the intermediates. Perez hit the wall. Hamilton went off in the grid. Like how many Albon went off, was able to get the, that, uh, that mini escape road. Everybody was going off in the, um, in that turn one when they were on the inters there. But overall, I don't know. I think they're, they are playing off the string until the Audi deal comes and this is what they're going to be. And I've said before, I think Botas is like the Kimi Raikkonen. We've said it before on here. He's just enjoying his time in F1. If he gets good results, great. If he doesn't, he'll be fine driving around in P15. He gets to do, he gets to live the F1 lifestyle. He gets to, he gets to do everything like that. And he's just having a good time driving a car. And yeah, obviously he would like to do better, but he's not going to probably lose a lot of sleep over his results. So I just think they're kind of just a team that if they do something good, you're surprised about, you're kind of happy for them. But if they, when they get their 15, 18 DNFs, you're just like, yep, that's who they are. And you're really not thinking a lot about them. It's tough, but that's, that's kind of what I think of them right now. Be honest, I think that's quite a good, um, that's, that's, yeah, that's that's quite a good way of putting it. It's 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 hard to say, and it's a shame because the start of the technical regulations last year, they look like they'd nailed it. Well, I say nailed it, you know, they look like they'd done a good job. Um, but no, they've just they've just gone backwards and backwards, which is a shame. So hopefully they can get, they can get a bit of a bit of a kick up the proverbial, and they can um, they can have a bit of a resurgence. So Charlie, uh, next we'll talk about Mercedes. Um, as we're working sort of bottom up from the grid. So George Russell, uh, he was classified P17, but he DNF'd right at the end. He still classifies. Uh, so we'll we'll call him P17. Uh, Hamilton, after a difficult day yesterday, and he was moaning about his car being not, not a good car, he's entered a P6. So, you know, it must be all right, that car, to be fair. You know, he's ahead of a McLaren and Williams uh, who both had qualified him. Um, so, yeah, a, again, a bit of a mixed day. They received some questionable strategy calls by you know leaving leaving the drivers out as long as they did on the first stints. Um, how do you rate the Brackley based outfits uh, day at the races? I thought it was decent given given the conditions and everything that kind of fell their way. Um, Hamilton started fifteenth on the grid, I believe, so he ended up sixth. I think it was fifteenth. Anyway, he he climbed into the points. Uh, and had a decent showing overall. And, and like you said, he passed uh, the McLaren and Williams and held them held them both off. Russell had a good race uh, up until just that last little bit of contact with Norris right at the end that kind of ended him. He probably would have would have honestly finished uh, P7 pushing the McLaren and Williams down again. But I thought, you know, credit should be given to Russell for trying something different with that hard tire strategy and just let's just let's just see what happens we've we've did our we've done our uh our two required compounds and we're already down so 
what have we to lose? Let's try something off the wall here. And, you know, he did climb, climb right back up. And the strategy was pulling off just until if say things got a little, a little wet and a little slick and there was just a bit of contact. And unfortunately that's, that's sometimes a day at the races for, for everybody. I mean, we had a lot of front wings kind of damage everything this race because of uh, Leclerc, I believe Russell and did low. I can't, or sorry. I can't remember if Logan's lost his front wing. That's Yuki. What his crash. Yuki, Yuki had some damage. Yuki had some damage. There's a lot of damage today. And like I said, this race, this race really had a bit of everything. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Mercedes should be dis. They can be disappointed in obviously Russell's DNF, but overall, I think they have a lot of positive things that they can look back on. It's just some unfortunate contact that really kind of ruined their day. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, it's um, like you said, unfortunate is probably the best way to put it, um, you know, because uh, uh, Russell did, did get a bit unlucky and he definitely made the right the right decision to try something else because the team had seen from other drivers and other data that the mediums were not it. You know, the softs were lasting quite well and there was hardly any difference in wear between the two. So I don't blame him for, for trying to go along and it looked like it was going to it looked like it was going to pay off. But uh, yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll be disappointed, especially as he came on the radio and, and he said he was forecast for a podium, which I think was a pretty realistic expectation had things gone his way. So, yeah. Um, next, uh, Warren, we have the Alpha Tauri drivers of uh, Nikki, no, not Nikki, uh, Yuki, sorry, Sonoda, who finished P16. Um, and then. It was Nick Reese. No, sorry, he's gone. No, Daniel Ricardo. No, sorry, he's gone. Um, bingo! It's Liam Lawson, third one. Um, there must be. It must be Red Bull as an outfit. They must be trying to set all sorts of records this year. They must be running out of them to set with the main team. Um, Liam Lawson and his F1 debut. Nineteen years old. Started. Um, started nineteenth. Did seven pit stops according according to this. But don't forget, there's a lot of swapping between inters and, and um, slicks and all the rest of it. So Liam Lawson P13, given how little prep time he had, and then GQ P16 after um, throwing away his race once again. Alphatari, man, they, they've not had a great season, have they? And bear in mind, they've got a they've got a couple of points. They've you know they've burned through drivers. One of them who drove into the walls who didn't have to drive that car, a satire. Um, you know, it's a. Uh, it's it's a, it's a bit of a tough one for them. Let's let's try focus on some positives for them because I'm I realise I'm sounding quite negative. So Liam Lawson, let's let's talk about him a little bit. Um, you know, finished P13 in a car where he had almost zero prep. Did his first running in that car, I think, in the wet or you know certainly I think FP3 was wet. Um, I can't remember. You know, he's finished P13 after picking up a 10 second penalty as well for I believe it was for impeding. Um, He's had he's had a pretty good day at the office to the point where I'd almost vote him driver of the day if it wasn't for Pierre Gasly. What do, what do you think about the Alpha Tari drivers? Yeah, I thought I thought Lawson great day again. Didn't really see a lot of them, but he he toughed it out again. His his first dry weather driving too was in that in was today during the race in that stint when it was dry. Again, yeah, like you said, P three or practice three yesterday, wet quali make it out of q1 so he was in the wet in the in the wet there so he's never driven that car in the dry and did that today handled it nicely against 10 second penalty 13 
good. Whenever you can beat your teammate, especially when you barely had any prep time, I think you have to take that as a huge win, especially for him. He's he's not even racing in Formula 2 this year. He's like in the Japanese Super Formula Series, I think, or championship, whatever, whatever that's called. And so he's not even doing that. And then Yuki, on the other hand, looked like he was having a great race, was fighting up in about fifth or sixth, and then they just left him out to dry. They just hung him out to dry. They just kept, like, drive these soft tires. He's getting passed and passed and passed, and his strategy was bad, and that cost him today. And then whatever happened after the red flag caused him to fall down there. But he got, I think Yuki got, he he got hosed by the Alpha Tauri strategy today. They pit him. He could have been in the fight for points because he was up there, though, basically the whole the whole race, most of the race before the red flag. But, uh I mean, if you're Yuki, you have to be disappointed you, you're getting beat by Liam Lawson uh, today, especially when he's fighting for a seat for next year. Obviously, Lawson is fighting for the Alpha Tauri seat for next year, too, but Yuki's fighting for his life in F1. Uh, can't really be beaten by a guy that has a zero time in an F1 car this year. I, and again, a very difficult track to drive. Yeah, that's a that's that's a very good point, to be honest. And, you know, uh, you know both, both the drivers are fighting for a seat for next year. Yuki's done himself no favors, and Lawson's done himself no harm. So, you know, uh, def- definitely uh, contrasting fortunes, you could say. And you know, the results, they might not look it, you know, P thirteen, P P sixteen, but I'm really impressed with Liam Lawson. You know, he's had to wait for his time to get into F one, um, and this all starts when Albon had appendicitis last year. If he wouldn't have had that, we wouldn't have ended up with Liam Lawson in this seat. You know, so yeah, yeah, and and also, um, it was that and Alonso going to Aston Martin, which triggered all. You know, those two actions triggered all of this. So yeah, it's uh, it's 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 funny how things work out. But yeah, we'll almost definitely see more Lawson this season. You know, Daniel Ricciardo isn't going to be back in that seat. I'd wager we'll see Liam Lawson in Singapore as well, which will be a bit much. Um, oh, sorry, which, which will be a bit you know a little bit more of a test for him. But um, Charlie, the Haas drivers. So they had a pretty tough day at the office yesterday. Um, they benefited from some all right strategy calls at some points today. Ultimately, both finished outside the points. We could see how bad the Haas was in race trim when uh, I think it was K Mag was getting past left, right, and centre. K Mag ended up with the black and white flag for some rather questionable defending uh, on. Um, I, he was either signs or rock on. I can't remember. Um, he was moving quite a lot under braking. So, yeah, picked black and white flags. There's a slap on the wrist for that. Hulkenberg, I almost didn't see much of him. P12, KMAG P14. That's just where do they go from here? Like, you know, what what needs to change? Well, we know what needs to change, but they just signed on both drivers for, for next year and they have this kind of weekend. Now, I would argue that Hulkenberg did exactly, for a Haas, he did exactly what he needed to do. He kept his nose clean in all the water. There was no funny business involved. And he ended up in front of all the cars that he should have ended up in front of. The Alfa Romeos, the Alfa Taris, and in that constructors, uh, in those constructors places, yes, he's no point. there's no points awarded, but his car is where it should be. Whereas you look at Magnuson, who did come behind Lawson, again, showing that Lawson had a very good day at the office, but Magnuson as well, 
he's this is he ended up p14 this is the first time since miami he has broken the top 15 he has had eight straight races p15 or less and while you know that's i guess a positive like it's just i have no idea what the difference is between them right now because um he was up at eighth at one point and they were talking to him on the sky broadcast because uh, that's the one we get over here in canada just TSN carries it. And uh, they were talking about, yeah, no, we're, we're hoping to, to see what we can do from eighth. And then, then it was just tick, tick, tick. And it just tumbled like a house of cards. And, and his teammate even passed him. And just looking at the, uh, the quick math here, it, it was six seconds by the end of the race of a gap between them. Like, it's, it, that's not even remotely close for two comparably bad cars. But he's three tenths off. Uh, he was three tenths off Lawson too. So like, it's just for Magnuson again, just more of a bad season for him. It just, the, the, the woes continue, but I think Halkenberg truthfully did what he needed to do today for Haas. He didn't get points, but he was ahead of those who he should have been ahead of. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I got nothing to say about Haas. I'm, I, I, I sound quite negative on this podcast and, and I don't, I really, I really don't want to. Um, so I'm just gonna, yeah. Uh, well said, and I think it's a good point about Hockenberg doing what he needed to do. Um, you know, they they didn't have a great day yesterday, and you know, they they at least went forward somewhat today. Um, you know, yes, you know, weather may have helped, but they did. You know, like you said, but, you know, certainly Hockenberg did, did what he needed to do. Um, Warren Aston Martin, so Lance Stroll P11 uh, and Fernando Alonso P2 in the end, in a bit of a Almost a bit of a throwback to earlier in the season. Um, you know, Stroll once again, you know, not particularly anywhere near the podium. Sorry, Charlie. Um, and then Alonso, you know, you know, P2, you know, bear in mind he uh you know, he's he's not not had that many podiums you know, in the last couple of races. Do you think it's a bit of a return to form for them? Or you know, or is it just more Alonso being a wily old fox because he was making some good moves at, at the uh, at the restart? Sorry, at, at the race start, I should say, he got himself up to P3 nicely. Um, do you think Aston sort of, uh, can regain a bit of form that they may perhaps may have lost towards the tail end of the first half of the season? They may be able, able to regain a little bit of it, but I think mainly today was the uh, handy racecraft of the Wiley veteran, his uh, first podium since Canada. So that's uh, about five, six races out there. He's got seven podiums this year. That's a lot. That's, I think if you said going into the season, Fernando Alonso getting seven podiums, I think people probably would be surprised. You can get some good odds on 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 uh, over six and a half podiums, I think, for uh, for him at the beginning of the year. But yeah, no, I think mainly good. It's the old Wiley veteran, him getting the good race crafts, hanging out in the wet and all that stuff. So it's and it's hard to tell because again, you get Lance Stroll finishing an eleventh, disappointing. Um, very disappointing for him. You would think, again, Fernando's able in second. Lance, also known as a very good wet weather driver. So he has had some good wet weather races, good wet weather quality. I think we think of the, uh, Turkey in 2020 when he put it on, yeah. when he put it on pole there. Everyone remembers that. He's a good wet weather driver and he just didn't have it today. Um, I know he did an article earlier this week with, I think, Chris Medlin about how this year has been really tough for him with the broken wrist starting it off. 
and having to battle through that. He's had a lot of that. Then the rumors come out that he might go play pro tennis, which I think is quite crazy um, about that. But it just seems like he has just been a couple steps behind Alonzo this year. No, no matter what track it is, whatever the conditions are. And then Alonzo's doing, uh, do, doing what he doing what he's um, doing. He's excited to finally have a competitive car up there. Also, Alonzo was didn't really get left in the dust by Max after the restart with the red flag. Like on that restart, he he not saying he 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 checked the move. He he kind of saw if it was there. He was never really close enough to get there, but he was he was making sure if that door was open, he was going to um. He, he was going to be there. And as Charlie said, 17 seconds between the Aston Martins. That that really just shouldn't happen. And if it was any other team, we would all be saying that Lance Stroll is out of the seat for next year. I think that's pretty obvious. And I think a lot of people are wondering if, um, if what Lawrence is going to do with Lance. Obviously, we think he's going to keep him, but... I mean, if he's costing him money, you never know. But um, good, good race for Fernando in a typical race, I would say, for Stroll this year. Yeah, and it's sad when a P11 is considered a typical race for 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 Stroll when his teammate is got yet another podium. Um, in you know three and a half seconds, I think, looking at this, three point seven seconds behind Alonso. You know, yeah, you know. I think uh, Lawrence Stroll has probably got some decisions to make because uh, Stroll, you could argue, is already cost them P2 in the constructors. Maybe about to cost them P3 with the rate that uh, McLaren are going. You know, we you know, we don't know. We've got we've got what nine races left. I think eight nine races left, and yeah, there's there's a lot to play for behind P1 in both championships. Um, but uh, Charlie. Alpine next. So Ocon, uh, he went to the full wet weather tyres when the rain came down, which I think had we not have had any more rainfall, could have been a rather inspired decision. Um, but however, the heavens did absolutely open. Um, and then Pierre Gasly, even with the five-second penalty for speeding in the pit lane, which he served uh, during his pit stop, he still managed to finish ahead of Sergio Perez to get P3, and certainly my driver of the day. So a five-star so five drive to him. And if you like this podcast, if you could take five leaves a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'd love you very much. And also, there is YouTube, you know, where we see things live. So you know, just give, drop us a sub and drop us a uh, notification on there so you'll know when we go live. Cheeky plug. Meaning stuff got to do it earlier. Um, so I've been trying to figure out how to segue into the show midway through. Thanks, Ruby, for the inspiration from the week. Um, yeah, so Alpine P3 and P10 after a pretty difficult Saturday, you know, Ocon out in Q1. Um Garcia, I don't think he made it into Q3 and Fraser, and he was out in Q2. I'm sure he's P11 or P12 odd. You know, a, a podium, another podium, I should say, for, for Alpine this year. That's both drivers who've hit P3. Plus, um, plus Gasly had P3 in the sprint in Belgium. Um, you know, even Ocon, you know, coming off the radio declaring it the worst strategy ever. Um, no, calm down, mate. You're not, you're not a Ferrari. You'll be all right. Uh, it's a a pretty good day at the office, I think you could say, especially given all the turmoil that's happened behind the scenes at uh, at Alpine. What do you think? Yeah, because with all the 
the shifting of pieces and the changing of the guard and all the the major shakeup that's happened at Alpine, you could easily have expected them to come in and have an absolute stinker of a race this weekend because it, there's a lot of press involved with it. And, you know, these they are professionals, but at the end of the day, you're still only human and all that. Well, what of this? What of that? And then, you know, it can get in the back of your head, but I think Gasly definitely of all, of all people proved a lot. I think a lot of people wrong coming in today to end up even with the five second penalty to get third place. Like he should be absolutely thrilled with himself and, you know, and credit was where it was due. It was, Trend, horrendous conditions, even with the penalty, still finished in front of Checo, which, who was battling for second up until uh, pretty near the end of it. Ocon with the with the full wets, that would have been interesting to see. I think that was just before they called it for the red, the, they called the red flag, wasn't it? So that may very well, they said, may have played out a lot differently if we hadn't gone to red flag. I do think that the red flag was the right choice. It was it was quite a quite a lengthy delay, but I think when you have three three cars go off and turn one in that short of succession, and at that point it's no driver safety is paramount at that point. So I do believe the red flag, despite you know kind of taking the edge off the excitement, it was the right call. But with um, with double points and especially with the P three finish, they chip into that lead or they chip into McLaren's lead which they haven't been doing in the last little bit. So now they're out still probably quick math, 30 mid thirties to 40 points. Um, but any, any, uh, any gain is better than a loss. So I think, I think they had a good day. I don't really have much to say other than Gasly is, it was my driver of the day too. Cause I thought he put on a very spirited performance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, like you just said, you know, any gain is a gain. It doesn't matter if it's tenth, if it's a thousandth, or if it's a, or if it's a hundredth, or if it's a full second. A gain is a gain, and you know, whilst I might not feel like it, this is progress from Alpine, who have had some pretty torrid weeks, and some pretty torrid weekends. You know, this season, you know, they, they are very much the blue Ferrari um, of of the grid, which is which is not a compliment. We we could say. Um, but just looking at the teams, uh, the last two teams we have to talk about. So we'll look at McLaren next. So Oscar Piastri ultimately finished P9 and Lando Norris finished P7, Warren. Um, oh, McLaren, my word, you make it difficult to be a fan of you sometimes. Um, do you think they perhaps got the strategy a little bit wrong with keeping drivers out when they did? I mean, you know they made a couple of stretch to blunders in quality yesterday that almost cost them. And today, do, you know, do, do you think their their strategic decisions, or maybe lack of strategic decisions, perhaps cost them a potential podium today for at least one driver? Yeah, I, I think it did. They were they were a lap um, they were a lap late in the first rain that came, and they were really on the back foot behind that, and were never able to recover because probably if uh, all in all, you would think that McLaren would be able to keep a podium um, today going in if there was no wet weather or anything like that. But I think that they, I think they cost themselves a, a, a Lando podium, which probably is a good thing because that was a beautiful trophy out there and you didn't want to see a break again. Um, so he wasn't going to be there to break the trophy, but um, yeah, a disappointing, a disappointing day for 
McLaren. But I will say, still, even though he got ninth place today, I still am continually impressed with Oscar Piastri. Uh, he he really seemed like he got the run of a deal on a strategy call as well, but just kept fighting. He every time they showed him, he's making overtakes. He might have had the, when they do the st- when they do the standings for most overtakes in the race today. I wouldn't be surprised if he's top of the list or definitely in the top three. It seemed like everybody of him or every time they showed him, he was making some overtakes and not just like just like down in a turn one, those like really strong overtakes in the conditions. So continually impressed from him. And I think like anytime your team can get double points, you're going to be happy. But I think McLaren might be, this is like the double points were disappointed, but still happy. We got double points at that. If that makes, uh, if that makes sense for people out there, like they were hoping for more, but six points for them. Fine. It's not there, but they'll take it. Yeah, given where they were at the start of the season, you know, the, McLaren might be feeling a little aggrieved that, you know, after having one driver starting on the front row, they, they might be thinking of you know, a missed opportunity. And one could argue it is a missed opportunity. However, given how dire their start of the season was, they've still made some pretty incredible progress. So just, McLaren, keep your heads up. You're obviously listening to this because, you know, I expect every team listens to this for our expert insights. Um, that is Tassai, by the way. Um, yeah, well, can I know. say one more thing about? But even the fact yeah, that yeah, we're talking on. about, even the fact that we're talking about them having a chance to potentially get third in the constructors or fourth, they're a hundred points behind. They're they're a hundred points behind still. Like they got one hundred and eleven points, and uh, Ferrari's got two hundred and one, and Aston Martin's got two fifteen. And the fact that we're saying, hey, they might have a chance to get third or fourth, that is indicative of the progress. They've made the entire season, so that that that's still pretty remarkable. Oh uh, yeah, it's incredible progress from um, from 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 McLaren, and I'm genuinely happy just to you know to, to see see them progress. But um, Charlie, we must talk about Red Bull. Max, he's won nine in a row, um, and even after Perez boxed earlier, or you know boxed a lot before him at the starts, um, once again Max imperious. You know, insert adjective here, polite one that is, um, and um, and yeah, he's now won nine in a row, and without putting words in your mouth, he looks unstoppable. Um, you know, he's he's won he's won his home race nine in a row. You know, nothing nothing could phase him really today. And then Checo, you know, after, after you know, still being about a second behind in quality and what was a very tight quality, um, he, I believe, he finished P three on the road, but he had a five second penalty, so he dropped behind Gasly and ultimately finished P four. So, Red Bull, um, you know, obviously, you know, fantastic day for Max. And there's probably not much to say on that, um, you know, unless you want to want. Unless you want to wax lyrical, but I do that enough as it is about him. Um, and then Perez, you know. Better, but still needs to improve. You could potentially argue. What are your thoughts on on Red Bull today? Well, the nine wins in the row for Max is impressive enough that, anecdotally, I guess that in my little corner of Canada, Max going for nine or his nine straight win made the papers the other day in a you know a newspaper that's usually hockey football, American football, you know, the sports that not the Canada is known for, but the ma- the more bigger ones over here, like he made, he made the local newspaper 
So it's it's still big news, and congratulations to him for it because he's had an incredible season, and like it, and unstoppable, unbeatable, like. They're two very good words for it, and if he doesn't lose another race the rest of the season, I, as we said before, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, I don't. I think it's a pretty safe bet to suggest that unless his car blows up at this point. Um, but once he got around Lando and everybody in turn one, it was just right off into the sunset for this race unless the weather got to him, which it didn't because, as we've seen before in other rainy races, he's very good in the wet as he is on the dry. So, you know, congratulations to Max. You're very well done. Let's see if he can go for 10. And by let's see, let's just wait. <laughs> but as for, as for Checo, I thought he had a good, a good weekend comparatively can say he's been mostly down this season. Um, I do think he kind of got the short end. We take out the, the boxing and then all of a sudden the red flag, because that was just kind of a bizarre call i'm not really sure why they would have done that but and uh, the the broadcasters the the commentators they seemed a little confused too but there was the undercutting which you know rightly rightly so i think he had he was didn't sound very happy on team radio about and i think i think he has definitely a case there because he kind of got you know he kind of got the short end on that but team teammate or not it's max's home track and he's going for nine so i also really can't blame max for trying to get the win because it is a record. He said he wasn't going for records, not concerned about records, but everybody's concerned about records. They can say what they want, but Red Bull overall, overall, I thought just another, another day, great, great performance. And then a great performance from one pretty good performance from the other, but Checo does need to, again, he was, uh, I think one in one and a half seconds pace difference there. There's, 10 seconds at the end of the race. So he, he does have to, to pick it up, given the fact that that car is what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Mac, Mac said about not going for records, but some of these records are just happening regardless. So yeah, Red Bull are going to be running out of team members to send up onto the podium by this rate. Um, yeah, the, the rate they are actually storming through. So those were the... 10 teams on the grids, and that obviously covers off all 20 drivers. So first of all, uh, Warren, who was your driver of the day today? Uh, I think you have to say Pierre Gasly. Uh, with his podium coming up from where he started, especially, they got the strategy calls right multiple times, and he is my uh, driver of the day. Fair enough. Uh, Warren, uh, sorry, you are Warren. Um, Charlie, who was your driver of the day, mate? I think it's going to be a clean sweep from the three of us, my friends, because I'm going as well with Pierre. It's just that, that Alpine, yeah. it deserved to be in third and it ended up in third today. Absolutely. And as I said earlier, Pierre Gasly was my driver today. And I just want to give a uh, honourable mention to Liam Lawson for a very, very, very difficult debut in a uh, less than ideal car in very difficult circumstances, you know, in conditions, and he still, you know, outdid, outdid his teammate. So yeah, I, you know, while whilst you know, he he didn't get points, um, neither did you know either of the two drivers before him in in that seat. So yeah, uh, I do want to give an honourable mention to to Liam Lawson. Uh, 
just very quickly, I just want to get both of your inputs on this AlphaTauri seat. So obviously, it's been a, a topic of hot discussion this season. You know, we've, we've seen, uh, you know, Nick DeVries come, come and go. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, obviously, you know, you know had quite a, quite a, quite a nasty hand injury. So, you know, nobody wants to see a driver get injured. You know, it's, it's, it's not nice for anybody. But it does mean that Lawson has come in. And Daniel Ricciardo is a known entity in F1. So, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get with him. Just hope it's not McLaren uh, era, Danny, Danny Rick. Liam Lawson, on the other hand, he's just he's just had his first race weekend in F1, or, well, half a weekend, really. Um, Warren, if you were, and I just want this to be a one or other answer, um, this goes for both, for both of you, because I'm just conscious of the time and all the rest of it, because this could be an episode in itself. If you were Franz Hoss or Helmut Marco or you know, whoever makes these decisions, so Helmut Marco, um, and, and you said, right, for 2024, we've got Yuki Lang, you say you've got Yuki Lang, take him out of the equation. If you had to say Daniel Ricciardo or Liam Lawson, who would you put in that seat for next year? Uh, Liam Lawson. Okay. And Warren, same question. Uh, sorry, I've done it again, man. Um, honestly, I need some caffeine. Uh, Charlie, uh, again, same question to you, 2024, you're in charge. You just put one other in that seat. Who's your shout? I'd go Lawson too, just because we saw, and I'll just quickly just sum it up. We saw uh, Ricardo in McLaren and it dip off. He's done nothing to impress thus far in the AlphaTauri. Now it is a very small sample size. I will give him that. But Lawson came in first race under ideal conditions and did what he did. So if it keeps up while Ricardo's hand's broken, I think it's a shoe in. Absolutely, and I, I agree with both of you. you know, that 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 would be my choice, uh, Lawson. And that would be a shoe in, so we wouldn't see any more shoeies. Um, so yes, um, right, gentlemen. I just want to give you both a chance to. I know that was terrible, wasn't it? Um, I just want to give both of you a chance to give uh, give. Your, uh, give your social media, your shows, whatever, a quick plug. So, Warren, as I said, you're from the Paddock Pals podcast, who I believe you do with your cousin Rachel, who's also on the show. Um, where can we find you? You know, what, what kind of things you cover, all that good stuff? We are on Apple, Spotify, wherever you can listen there. Instagram, Paddock Pals podcast, same thing on the TikTok as well. Sounded very old saying on the TikTok, but... Um... It's just how it uh, came out. Yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna recap this one later today. It should be out tonight or tomorrow, wherever you listen. We got a lot to talk about. We're gonna talk about why these drivers were stuck in chairs for so long whenever they crashed out. Uh, lots of stuff off the track for us to talk about the Ricardo stuff. Every everything going on. But well, we will uh, we will have it covered. We I will say this. My personal group chat has been the hot topic's been George Russell's haircut. He's gone with the middle part, uh, which has got a lot of talk. So we 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 will even talk uh, talk about that. So a lot of the lighter side, I guess you could say, of uh, F one is what we do. But we're also right down the race. Nice and Charlie, as we said, you are our friendly neighborhood broadcaster. So um, what do you do? Where can we find you? Do you want to give any plugs for any socials or shows or anything? I don't really do the socials anymore just because it's tiring <laughs> for lack of a better term. I'm sure you agree, Tom. Um, the, uh, but for, for us over here, 
We are, I work with Eastlink. We do say the local, the local scene of broadcasting, hockey, baseball, basketball, some motor racing, drag racing specifically at this moment. Um, we're actually covering baseball this Tuesday. So men's senior league, it's usually pretty good baseball. So if you're uh, in Eastern Canada and looking for baseball, tune into channel 10. Nice. And if you want to hear more from Grid Talk, uh, you can find us across all the social platforms at Grid Talk UK. Uh, that in, I think that includes TikTok. I'm not really sure. Uh, Charlie, like you said, I don't do socials. Um, it's not very me. Um, but Grid Talk is available on YouTube, where most episodes are recorded and then streamed live. You know, certainly um, review shows are, are streamed live, such as this one and Quality Show. Also, you can catch all the episodes on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cast. Just search for Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalogue of shows with previous, uh, sorry, with previews and reactions with qualifying and race results. Please also do consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get better mics, lights, and recording equipment. Also, like I said earlier, just make sure you are subscribed so you're the first to know when each episode is released. We'll be back soon, I believe, possibly even tomorrow, to preview the 2023 Italian Grand Prix, where Max is almost certainly going to make it 10 on the bounce. So, for now, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Aiden, who is our producer behind the scenes for every live episode, who none of you see, um, but he he does the uh, he does a thankless task of keeping us all in line and keeping me under our time limits. You know, he he shouts at me in Zoom chat, so thank you, Aiden. Every time, you know, you, you're always there and usually with an entertaining name when you join. Today, he's called himself Nick Teefy, which is brilliant. Um, but we, we will be back tomorrow, uh, I believe tomorrow anyway, to preview the Italian Grand Prix. So thank you very much for listening to the Grid Talk pro- uh, podcast, not podcast, that sounds very wrong, presented by Bet Online, and goodbye.